Welcome to Grief with Grace, the podcast for mothers who have children in spirit and who are now navigating life after the unimaginable. I'm your hostess, Lori Latimer, and I am one of those mothers. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing with you insights, stories, tools, and inspirations to help you find moments of joy in the everyday. Because even on the darkest days, there is joy if you know how and where to look for it. Welcome back to this week's episode of Grief with Grace. I don't know what it's like where you live, but there's definitely a touch of spring in the air in Atlanta. I can tell by the way that the, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but the way the sun is shining, the um, you can feel that the earth has shifted and, um, you know, it's getting lighter earlier in the morning. It's staying lighter later in the evening. So we are definitely heading into spring and the temperatures are evening out, at least here in Atlanta. Um, so I hope that you get out and enjoy some fresh air and sunshine because that is so important when we're grieving. It really can help assist us um, keep our energy and our vibration raised. So let's get to this week's episode. Now, way back in, I think it was episode three, I talked about soul contracts. And I really invite you to listen to that if you haven't done so yet, because it'll help you if this whole concept of soul contracts is new to you. Listening to that episode first will help this one make a little bit more sense. So I want to start by taking you back about a decade. I was, so this was like 2011, 12, 2010, somewhere in there. I was well on my spiritual path, helping women find their life purpose and their life lesson. And back then I fell into this whole idea that's really pervasive throughout the spiritual and metaphysical community of believing that everything happens for a reason. I'm sure you've heard that. Um, you know, there's another way of saying it, something like life isn't life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. And I really started to question some of those little sentimental sayings after my mom passed away. But the difference or the nuance or something about it wasn't quite clear yet. And then after Greg left this life, those phrases no longer resonated with me in the way they once had. In fact, many of them became like nails on a chalkboard. And I became I began questioning so many things. And I know a lot of you are going to relate to that. When you have any type of huge major life event that causes you trauma, and it can be a divorce, it can be the loss of a parent, it can be the loss, you know, there's so many different losses, your your job, your career, your livelihood, your home, your, you know, your beloved pet, your child. It causes us to question everything about life, about ourselves, about God, about what we believe or believed. And so our souls what I've learned, what I know to be true from my own experience through work I've done on myself, through work I do with my clients. What I know is that our souls choose to incarnate for a few reasons. One reason is to have certain experiences. Another reason is to evolve and grow. Now, some people will call those lessons. I call them opportunities for growth. 
Um, another reason might be to clear or to heal some kind of karma or some blocks and restrictions that we created in a past life and we're still carrying with us. Now, let me be real clear. I think I've mentioned this before on a podcast, but you do not find meaning in your child's death. That whole conversation about, oh, it was meant to be, or everything happens for a reason. None of that. That's all BS. But what I do know is that if you have a major traumatic loss in your life, and for me, the loss of my son is that major event, those are opportunities for us to find new meaning in our lives from that point forward. You must, and I'm going to use losing a child as an example, but you can just swap that out for whatever your biggest loss is. You must find meaning after your child has left this life. That meaning may be something completely different from anything you've ever even contemplated in the past. Um, It might be something completely new from anything you've ever done before. But it has to be something that will get you out of bed and looking forward to the day. That's when you know you have something to live for, something bigger than you. And if you can make it related to your child's memory or legacy, even better. But it will give you the the inspiration, the motivation, the determination, um, the courage, the resilience, and the will and the desire to continue living and moving forward each day, not just existing. I'm not talking about moving on from your child. Let's be real clear about that too. You're never going to move on from the loss of your child. You can, and your soul wants you to move forward in life, taking your child with you, taking his or her legacy and memory and love with you. So I kind of tend to get easily distracted when I'm talking off the cuff like I kind of am today. So I'll get back to talking about finding your purpose after loss in a minute, but I also want to add something else in here before I forget. And it's this, it's about what you focus on. You get to choose what you focus on, what you focus your thoughts on, your time on, your energy on, your life force on. And I talked about this a little bit. I think it was in the second part of my conversation with Dara Kurtz. Um, So I think that was episode two. So I think that was episode 39. But in that conversation, I said that you can choose to focus on your child's passing the moment that he or she left this life, or you can focus on his or her life. So for me, I can choose to focus on the one moment when Greg left this life. I can also choose to focus over and over and over again on repeat, kind of on a mental loop on the last time I saw his physical body, which was after he took his last breath. It was several hours after he took his last breath. Now, in full transparency, there are times that I do choose to focus on those moments, on his physical absence. And those times are hard. They rock me to my core and they bring me to my knees. I'm not ever going to sugarcoat that and pretend that doesn't happen. Because it does, and I expect that it will the rest of my life. Or 
I can choose to focus on the 29 years and whatever it was, three and a half months that he was in this life. I can choose to focus on the life he lived during that time, the joy, the laughter, the adventures, the humor, the love. And more and more often, I choose to focus on that. But really, it's your choice what you focus on. And here's the thing. Choosing to focus on the loss, on the death, on their absence, it really can become a habit. It's not intentional, but we get so consumed and so caught up in our grief that that's what we focus on. But what happens is there's like a snowball effect to it. It's kind of like eating one piece of candy. Well, the sugar triggers something in your brain and then you want another piece and then another piece and then it's ice cream and then it's cake and whatever it is, but it just goes on and on and on. The sugar addiction becomes a habit. It becomes a cycle and then it becomes hard to break. Well, it's the same thing with our thoughts, with our thought patterns that repeat over and over again. We can choose to fo- to continue to focus on their absence, on the moments we got the horrible news, on those kind of things. And the more we focus on that, the more of a habit it becomes because it becomes ingrained in the neural pathways in our brains. So then we have the choice to break those habits. And again, it is a choice we get to make. We are sovereign beings. The longer you stay in that mental loop focusing on the difficult moments, the harder it's going to be to break that habit, the harder it's going to be to make new choices. And it may require you setting an alarm on your phone to ask yourself, what am I focusing on right now? You know, I've done that in the past, not with this, but with other things in my life where I set an alarm on my phone for once an hour. Oh, that was, um, I think that was um, to get up and, and walk around once an hour. So I wasn't sitting for too long a period of time working. And I mean, it's the same concept though. Just do a check-in with yourself to see where you're at. Because the more you do that, and the more you can shift your thoughts by making a different choice on what to focus on, the more likely it is that you will rewire those neural pathways in your brain. And then what happens is, yes, like I said, you will continue to have moments where you do focus on their passing, on the difficult moments. But those times become fewer and farther between. And I say that because that's what's happening for me. So back to finding meaning in our lives after our child has left this life. You have to have a reason to get up in the morning, and it has to be bigger than your grief. Now, I'm going to get really real right now, and this comes from nothing but love. So if you've done what I'm about to talk about, do not judge yourself. Do not criticize yourself. Do not make yourself wrong, because that's not my intention, and that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to talk about this simply as a, an example, because it's a beautiful teaching point. I have been reading way too many Facebook posts in some of the bereaved mom groups that really hurt my heart because so many moms appear to be giving up on life. And let me say this, if you are very early on in your grief, I'm not talking about you. It's normal in the first several months to play those moments over and over again on repeat. It's 
I don't know that there's any way around it, but there does come a point. And again, there's no time limit on it, but there does come a point where you have a choice in how you choose to experience life from here on out. So I remember coming to an awareness or a realization fairly early on in my grief journey after Greg left. And I remember it was early in March of 2019. So it was right around two months after he'd left this life. And I think the reason it happened early on for me, it's not because I'm special or better or any of that, not by a long shot. I think it's because I had spent so much time over the previous, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years studying metaphysics and spirituality and the afterlife and all of that. And especially after my mom passed away, if I hadn't done all of that, I know I wouldn't have had this awareness early on. And honestly, at this point, I may still not have had it. But I remember very clearly realizing that I had a choice in how I navigate this whole thing. And frankly, how I navigate the rest of my life. Because here's the thing. I have an older son and grandchildren. So if I chose to stop living and to simply exist, what message would that send to my older son and my grandchildren? I love Greg with every cell and atom and and bit of energy in my body. And I always will. And I also love these other people who are still here, still in this life, just as deeply, just as fiercely. It just you know, because Greg is no longer in this physical life doesn't mean I love him any more than I love the rest of my family and friends. And so I realized that my older son still deserves and needs for me to be the best mom I can be for him. And I want to be that. And my grandchildren deserve and need for me to be the best grandma I can be for them. And I want to be that. Is it always easy? No, not at all. And when it isn't, I let that be okay too. We had a family dinner on Friday night to celebrate my granddaughter's birthday. And Greg's best friend and his wife were there with us. And driving home, I bawled my eyes out. Because someone wasn't there physically who would have and should have been there. Okay? So yeah, it's going to happen. But here's something else to consider. If you choose to stop living your life, what message does that send to your child in spirit? What does that say about that child? And what does it say about his or her life and legacy? You know, there's nothing I can ever do again to parent the human that Greg was. Nothing. Never again. But I believe, no, let me rephrase that. I know that my responsibility as his mother now is to honor his life and legacy through the way I live my life. And each day I get to choose how to do that. So I hope that gives you a different perspective on this whole journey that we're on. So back to finding meaning in our lives. Um, Finding that meaning helps you do all those things I just talked about. Because here's what I know. Our souls want to grow. Our soul comes to earth in a human body. We incarnate because our soul wants to grow in some way. 
and it wants to have certain experiences. Now, again, I am not saying that everything happens for a reason, but when we lose someone close to us, it's an opportunity to allow our soul to grow, to have experiences and to experience growth in a in a potentially different way than it ever has before in any other previous lifetime, maybe. So my question to you and the question I ask myself every single day is how are you choosing to grow through your grief? That's the question that you get to answer. Not that you have to answer because you don't have to if you don't want to, but you get to answer it if you do choose to. And then you get to choose how you answer that question because for everyone, it's going to be different. The way I answer it is going to be different from the way anyone else answers it. I'm not going to answer it the way anyone else does because our souls are individual. And so we all have an individual path that we're on. And each of our souls want different experiences through which to grow in this current human incarnation. I am very clear on my purpose, on what my soul came here to specialize in. I'm here to help people clear and heal karmic wounds and blocks and restrictions in order to help them wake up to their divine consciousness. That's it. And I have every intention of living it as fully as I can for a few reasons. One is because I don't want to have to come back and repeat any of this life because I left something undone or I didn't complete something. And another reason is because, and this is very personal, and I've never shared this publicly, but I'm going to share this because I think it's important for this conversation. And this is purely selfish on my part. The human ego part of me, I fully admit this is this comes from there, but it also comes from my heart and my soul. But when I take my last breath in this life, and when I cross that veil and I see my beautiful son again, I want him to look at me and say, wow, mom, look what you did. Look what you did in life after the most awful, painful thing you could experience after I left this life. Look what you still did to help other people. You did it. You showed up. And you did what your soul called out for you to do. Yeah, that's selfish. And yeah, it brings me to tears to say it. But it's true. And that's what you have to find. You have to find that thing that's going to bring you to tears, not from a place of grief, but from a place so deep in your soul that you know, with you don't believe it, you know it, that that's your truth, that that's your path, that that's what your soul is crying out for you to do. So this is part of the work that I do with my one-on-one clients. And if you are interested in discovering what your soul came here to specialize in, I am going to open up five spots in the month of March. This episode is going to be released on March 2nd. So I'm going to open up five spots in the month of March to help you uncover what your soul specialization is. It's a very easy process. I go into your Akashic Records and I get the information. If you haven't heard of the Akashic Records yet, um, a very simple way to describe it is just think of them as a big cosmic library that holds all the data and information and records of each soul and all of its experiences. And it's all part of the energy work that I do. 
You simply give me permission to access your records because, let me say, I do not just willy-nilly go poking around in someone's records. That is unethical. They are sacred, and this work is sacred. But I get your approval, your permission, then I get the information, and then we have a phone conversation, and I go over what I found. So if you're interested in discovering your soul specialization, send me an email at info at lorilatimer.com to see if any of the five spots are still available and if it would be a good fit for you or not. And if you're if you're listening to this after March of 2021, email me at that email address to see if I have any openings because I do this on a regular basis. Um, it just depends on my schedule each month. Sometimes I have spots, more than five spots available. Sometimes I don't have any spots available. Um, but in the month of March of 2021, I have opened up space for five people to receive their soul specializations. And from that, then you can build on that to see how that will play out in your life and what that might look like for you. Okay. All right. So that's it for this episode. I hope this helped to expand your consciousness around your soul and really how to, mm, to continue living after great loss I mean, at its most simplest, that's what this is about, continuing to live, not simply exist. Don't just go through the motions. Oh, and one more thing. Oh, well, two more things. First, please don't think that any of this is, quote, easy for me. It isn't. Remember, I have a child in spirit, too. I know the pain. I know the heartache. I know the longing, the emptiness inside. So every single day, I have to make a choice on how I'm going to live that day. And many times I have to make that choice over and over again throughout the day. But it is possible to live a life filled with meaning, even while navigating this grief and healing journey. And it's worth it. You know, I have done several episodes of this podcast with other moms who are making that choice each and every day as well. So if you know a mom who's really struggling, who isn't really living, and she's just simply existing, if she can't get up and take a shower in the morning, if she can't cook for her family anymore, if she isn't cleaning her house, if she isn't able to do any kind of work, um, you know, paid in a career or volunteer work, anything that she used to do, please share this episode with her. Because I want to inspire moms and women and people in general who have experienced great loss to continue living their lives in a meaningful way so that their soul fulfills what it came here to do, what it came here to experience, what it came here to to be, okay? And then the last thing is this, and, and you know, I say this frequently when I'm working with my clients, um, but it's very important. I always invite you to question everything. Feel into what is true for you. And I say that for what I share as well. Take what feels true for you now and leave the rest. Someday, other parts of what you hear from me or from anyone else may feel true. And things that feel true right now that you hear either from me or from someone else might no longer resonate. That's happened to me over the past 10, 12 years on my journey. Absolutely. That's growth. That's your soul expanding. And that's what your soul is craving. All right. Until next week, I am sending you so much love, light, beauty, and grace. 
Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Grief with Grace podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook community and follow me on Instagram at at Lori underscore Latimer. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you receive a reminder when new episodes are uploaded. And please leave a rating and review so I can continue to bring you fresh new content each week. If you find this podcast valuable, and I hope you do, please be sure to share it with a mom who could use a little extra support. Until next week, I invite you to find a moment of joy today and every day.